You are listening to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. Here are your hosts, Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller. He's Jake Grant. We're with Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. We are like Utrecht and Alfred. Alfred, I don't, I don't. Utrecht of Bevenberg. The only Alfred I know is from, uh, no, well, okay. And, uh, um fresh prince of bel-air oh yep nope so uh uh definitely need to get on this netflix show it's another one i powered through this uh this summer and that is the last kingdom it is it is about the danes and the saxons Ooh, it is good that's i'm gonna pass you should it's good you'd like it it's got action and stuff it's like over the top but ancient (laughs) But not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's better. I say that Nothing's without ever seeing it. Over the top, Trev. We have argued about this a hundred times. Nothing better than over the top. <laughs> Except everything. Um, <laughs> whatever. All right. So, uh, hey, we're here. Um, life comes at you fast, huh? We're, uh, we're not even going to do our Pac-12 um, preview because games start games already start shoot man Um, bummer too but uh here we go man you know life comes at you we had some scheduling conflicts with uh kayla and mike and and uh and our husky guest so uh this week you get it uh just straight fourth and inches jake and trevor's yes the two of us (laughs) we can make it if we try so here we are, man. We got um, we got week one. Obviously, UCLA already has a, a dominant win under their belt uh, against Hawaii. And we're going to get to those guys later because <laughs> you go from playing Hawaii at home, now you got another another team coming to town that's a lot different, a lot more talented. But before we get to that, you know, week one is always so hit and miss, right? You got some marquee matchups up and down college football landscape, but in the pack, including the Pac-12. But some teams also, this is going to be your tune-up games. This is going to be your FCS opponents. And, uh, Jake, we, I want to start this conversation off just by talking about uh, what does an FCS opponent mean to a program? You know, it's, it, that, that's a really good question. Um, it, you kind of have to look at it from two sides. You know, for, uh, for the bigger program, for the Washingtons, the Oregons, it's kind of a tune-up game. You know, right. these, these guys like doing these games on week one because the following week we have Michigan and we have Ohio State and we have, you know, LSU and, you know, teams like that where these guys need to get out there and catch game speed and have the ability to, you know, especially first-time starters, you know, there's practice, but then nothing compares to i mean we've played sports we know nothing compares to game speed you know actual game speed when you get out on the field and you and you lace up those pads and somebody wants to beat you just as bad as you want to beat them it's it's a completely different feeling um also uh building confidence for for young guys and and for seniors that are looking to go out with a bang going out there and fine tuning your skills and, and kind of really what you're hoping for is to kind of beat the crap out of these guys, you know, and then, and, and show dominance and, and start with a winning culture for these bigger programs. 
Now, looking at it from the FCS side, um, it's it's notoriety and it's it's eyeballs on these programs and and money coming to these schools that don't get that money from playing each other. You know, there, there's big time TV deals for for these these teams that don't usually get them because right. and the university hard. usually pays them upwards of a million dollars to play this game. Right, right. So it's. You know, it's it, it's really important for both sides of of the field, really. I mean, it, right. it's it's impeccable to college football. As, as as little as people like to to talk about it and to watch those games, it's just as important. I mean, obviously not going towards the the college football playoff, but it, it they're important games. They, yeah, I think they are. And, and as a fan, obviously, we're not the biggest fans of watching. I think, you know, if you follow a program, and especially if you follow recruiting, they can be really cool because you see guys early who you know are going to eventually be contributors or, you know, later on in their career. But the reality is, man, these um, these games happen not just at the FBS, FCS level. They happen at the NAIA level. They happen even lower. I played in a lower uh, college basketball um, uh, conference, and uh, we would come up and play the NAIA school here in Portland. And uh, one year they gave us a uh, $500 gift card to go to uh, uh, what's that? At- um, some Buffalo Italian Wild Wings. No, it was Wild an Italian Wings. restaurant. Uh, <laughs> endless, endless possibles. Oh. Olive Garden? Olive Garden. They gave us a $500 uh, gift card to go Olive Garden after the game. And then uh, one year they gave us their uh, these nondescript Jordan brand warm-ups that uh, didn't have hey, any names on hey, them. Man. I still got those sweatpants, baby. I'd still be wearing them. I, I, oh, I absolutely do. You know, and, and, and not even to mention, you know, with the new rule for, um, for redshirt. Four games. Yeah, you know, getting getting guys like Sam Heward in there in, in a fourth quarter and getting him game speed and it not wasting a year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Which in in what 99 we had to we had to burn a Tui redshirt year because yeah. Brock here broke his shoulder. You know, that wouldn't happen now, but right. you know, getting these kids in there and getting game time is is super important for these guys. Yeah, and and there is absolute value to it. Um, on the flip side, uh, covering it like we do, where we where we cover it closely, there is a lot of intrigue in these games because you want to see, um, you want to see development, um, but you also want to see those guys, like I already mentioned, um, the fan side of it. Uh, you know, may, they might not be the most fun games uh, to go to for the casual fan, but I think there's still a lot of value in these. Um, you know. Kind of, football fans are football fans we've we've been clamoring for a football game for seven months so i'll take i'll take montana we haven't, all day long. since <laughs> since 2019 there hasn't been anybody in the stands so i mean this right. is a big deal um i think that's a, a really good place to keep it i think this is uh really important especially for a team who was kind of up and down at some points uh what i i liked what you said about playing with you know real bullets flying playing against uh people that are um uh not wearing the purple and gold uh even if the talent that you're playing against in practice is better than what you're going to play on the field there is no substitute for live games with Mm -hmm. two separate teams and um uh you know referees band uh 
all, all that goes into it. Mm -hmm. um, so before we move on to some of the more important games on the schedule that are going to mean more to uh, the landscape of the Pac-12 and college football, um, we start off with some FCS opponents. And of course, we're doing this betting on the spread because we like to do it that way. Um, so these first games, because it's an FCS opponent, they're not going to have spread. So we're just going to kind of talk about them for just a second and really move on to the games that are going to matter. So first up, we got Thursday games coming up. Um, we have Weber State headed to Utah. Um, one thing about Weber State is uh, they're one of the best FCS programs um, in that league or in that, in, you know, in that group. So uh, if there's, you know, we've seen FCS teams beat Wazoo, Oregon State. What do you think their chances are against a team like Utah? Uh, even though I expect a down year from Utah, I don't expect that they'll even come close to, to beating them. Um, I still think Utah's a pretty polished defense. It's going to be hard for Weaver State to even move the football. Right. Um, you know, Utah might not score in bunches, but, um, you know, that defense has I, – I mean, you, you look at – consistency of defenses throughout the Pac-12 over the last 10 years, you got to put Utah right underneath Washington and that's not going to change. So I said, yeah, no Utah question. As long as, as long as Kyle Whittingham's there, you know what right. you're going to get out of them. And it's going to be a right. team that if they're, especially if they're going to be bigger and, and outmatch the other opponent, the other opponent's going to really have a hard time doing much of yep. anything. Uh, yep. You know, the real question is for Utah, uh, what is the offense going to look like? Yeah, I don't um, – New quarterback, new yeah, running backs. Offensive I, I, line struggled last year. I think it's going to take them four or five games to to find their identity, mm -hmm. truly. And, and by that point, I think it's going to be too late for them to have a say in the Pac-12 you know, Pac North, um, oh. Pac-12 South. <laughs> um, even, even with as bad as the Pac-12 South is going to be, I, I think – you're looking at a two and three Utah team going into week six. Wow. So, um, you know, and, and one of the wins being against Weber state. So. Yeah. They're definitely not going to lose this game. Uh, two and three will be a shock to the people down in uh, Utah. If, if so, there's no line on this game. How, how much, what would the point spread have to be for you to, to bet on Weber state? Uh, 17. That's it. I think so. Wow, I'd I'd, I'd go twenty four at least. Yeah, may, I'm maybe. Uh, uh, I'm gonna stick with seventeen. We'll see what happens. We'll see which one of us is correct. Uh, maybe neither of is us. There, is there is it is it? Are we going with? Uh, are we going with uh, the Price is Right rules and you can't go over? We'll see. If if it's yes, then I pick eighteen. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Uh, all right. No, if they go over, we both lose. Okay, if they fine. beat them by 25, we both lose. Okay. Uh, now, next up, this one's going to be a tough one to pick. We have Southern Utah at Arizona State. Um, this one's kind of intriguing. It's not intriguing at all. I like uh, <laughs> Southern Utah is real bad. They uh, they went out against uh, a, a power five, uh, a, a group of five team and, and got absolutely obliterated. Um, so this game's not going to be close, but you know, on the other end, we, no one knows what ASU is going to look like. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I think ASU is going to be pretty good. I mean, they've, they've done a pretty good job on the recruiting trail the last two years. It all depends uh, on the coaching situation. Like is Herm Edwards going to be there? Is Antonio Peach still going to, still going to be there after the investigation? Right. And I think they will, to be honest. Um, I think you're really looking at a pretty good Arizona state team. And uh, this is everything that we just talked about with playing in FCS school. I don't think holds any value to this game because I think uh, Southern Utah's so bad yeah. that it's uh, Arizona state's not going to learn anything. They're just going to go out and it's going to be playground rules and they're going to be the ninth graders versus the fifth graders. Yeah. So I, 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 bad scheduling on Arizona State's part on this game. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, what's your line on this one? Oh, 35. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So I'll go 36 presses right here on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we move to Friday. Another one that's probably not going to be pretty is Northern Colorado headed to Colorado. Um, Northern Colorado, not in the top 10 in the FCS. Um, Colorado had a, a a pretty, you know, spectacular year for what we all thought Colorado was going to be. Um, really, you know, they could have been representing the South if it wasn't for some COVID rules. And, uh, you know, instead we go into this year, really not knowing what Colorado is. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some value here because, you know, you're, you're going to have to figure out if you're the coaching staff, you know, what you need to do to uh, replicate what you did last year. Yeah. Isn't that typical Colorado, though? You know, first in the pack, followed up by three years being the worst team in the pack, you know, yeah. and I, I think they're I think they have a better chance at being the worst team in the pack yeah. 12 South this year than than being the best team, you know. Yeah, and and I guess I, since we're we didn't do our Pac-12, um, uh, we didn't do our Pac-12 preview. I really see the South even more uh, in a tiered system than the North, and I, I think there's there's a, a set apart three to four teams that have a a shot at the Pac-12 South, and then there's there's just some teams that are going to be absolutely rebuilding, and, and those top four I put. UCLA in there because you know how much how my affinity for yeah, Chip Kelly and UCLA them. down there UCLA or USC obviously um, Utah based on history uh, and then Arizona State um, yeah. where I see the North I have a hard time seeing anybody outside of Oregon and Washington contending. Uh, yeah, I, I I'd say I. I... I'd argue California, but it's not going to be this year. I think they're going to the, – the, the bottom is going to cannibalize the middle in the north. Probably, yeah. I mean, hasn't that been what has been That's happening? That's the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State goes out and beats Oregon, and, you right. know, Stanford goes out and beats us. And yeah. it, it kind of, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard to, to – tell who's gonna not lose that one game that right. one bad game this year right um that being said what would you put where would you put money on northern colorado 30 okay i would say 25 so we'll see if if either of us win that sure. um 
Now we get into some more interesting games. Uh, first up on Saturday, we have 11 a.m. kick. We have Fresno. Oh, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. kick. Uh, Stanford at Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State is a two and a half point favorite. Stanford was uh, had a winning record last year, uh, despite the fact that they weren't able to play practice at home at all. Um, that being said, I'm not super high on Stanford. Uh, Kansas State is a, a middle of the pack Big 12 team. Um, when you know, outside of the top two or three in the Big 12, I, I'm not that scared of them. But again, Stanford, I'm not sure what to think. Yeah, it, and I actually think that Stanford's going to come out and win this game. I truly do. I don't think Kansas State's all that good. Um, I don't think the Big 12 outside – I don't think the Big 12 outside of their top four are any good. Or, sorry, the Big 10. Um, no, they're in the Big 12. The Big 12. Yeah. Um, I, even, even more so, I think Oklahoma and – Iowa State. I, yeah, and I think Texas is going to be okay. Uh, of course you do. Right. Like, hey, we're back. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think Stanford's going to come out and win this game. They've they've had a long time to game plan. That is always David Shaw's bread and butter when he can game yeah. plan for a team. And, and he's able to game plan for Kansas State. This would be a big win for them if they got there. It might put them into bowl eligibility if they can win this game. Yeah. Um, obviously it's a little bit early in the season to talk about bowl eligibility, but every win counts. And right. I think them beating Kansas state right now is a big jump towards that. And to Stanford's credit, and I will, you know, we just talked about the benefit of FCS Stanford doesn't play FCS schools. And, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah. that, but that means bowl eligibility is harder. And right. so, uh, and they, each they, win does matter. And I would imagine they probably play Notre Dame again this year. Of huh? course they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. So um, this game, Stanford's defense uh, was not impressive last year. Their offense was pretty good. They have a, a new, you know, Davis Mills has moved on. There's going to be a new quarterback there. So growing pains in the first year, Kansas State has a, a quarterback that's been there. My heart says Stanford, but that's also kind of the Pac-12 in me saying that. Um, but since you went Stanford, I'll go Kansas State just to keep it spicy between us. Sure. It's always spicy. That's right. Chili right. Verde is, man, it's spicy. <laughs> now, this one's interesting because Fresno State played really well uh, wow. last week. Um, yeah. The Washington Connection, Jake Hanner and Ty Jones hooking up for a nine-yard touchdown. Uh, Fresno State headed to Autzen Stadium in Oregon. Oregon's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Oregon's the media darlings of the West coast. Um, I'm not convinced. Um, what do you think about this matchup with, uh, you know, uh, a, a Bulldogs team that can score the ball and, and move around the field? Well, this is that classic trap game, you know, uh, Fresno state's really good. Uh, you know, for what they are, I mean, they're a power five school, they, but they have a lot of talent. I, looking back at Jay Kaner, um, do I think that he was in the quarterback challenge? You know, he, was he in the quarterback competition for first string with Jacob Eason? 
yeah, looking back at it now, I think you and I both un- overlooked him quite a bit. I think he's a yeah. really good quarterback. His numbers showed it week one, and I think they'll continue to show it. Ty Jones is a bona fide number one wide receiver. Um, and Oregon is looking on to week two. They got Ohio State coming up. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to look past Fresno State when you got Ohio State staring you in the eye. And, and you really, you know, for national glory, you have to win that game. So do I think Fresno State's going to come out and win? No. Uh, do I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are anticipating? Yeah. I, think, I do too. I think, and one I of the other factors about yeah. that is, is Oregon's two of the four starting defensive backs for Oregon are not going to be playing in this game because of shooting airsoft guns at people on the freeway or something like that. So, uh, you know, that, that they're talented. I mean, obviously we've seen their star numbers. They they've had some really re- good recruiting classes, the developments, the question mark, even from my friends in Eugene talking about it is, uh, you know, they've, they failed to develop guys, but I mean, this is a Mario Cristobal team now, so right. they have to start making moves. I, I'm taking Fresno State in the points on this, 20 and a half. Give me Fresno State. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next up, we have San Jose State at USC. USC is only a 14-point favorite at home. Fresno State – oh, San Jose State. I'm sorry. San Jose State's the one that beat the crap out of Utah, the Southern Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. They they absolutely poured it on to them. Uh, USC again, man. I mean, <laughs> all the talent in the world. They decide to run a friggin' air raid offense. Uh, looking at their roster, though, their defense should be pretty good. Yeah. So um, weird to be that talented and be one dimensional like USC tends to be. But um, fourteen points. Uh, against San Jose State. Jake, what do you say? I don't think San Jose State's got the ability to score on USC nearly as much as they do on Southern Utah. Um, Like, you you, you kind of took my point of USC's defense is looking real nice this year. Yeah, it looks good. it, It starts with the guys up front. The guys in the trenches are all really big and really talented. Um. I'm going to pick USC to cover easy. And everything inside of me wants to, but I know that USC rarely covers the spread. Um, They're just going to have so many opportunities to score uh, because I, I, the thing that kills FCS programs or or smaller, you know, group of five programs is a good defense. And the more opportunities that the more talented team gets, the more often they're going to eventually score and the floodgates just open against teams that aren't as talented. Uh, yeah, so I'm, you, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I was going to finish up. You go. You're also looking at the fact of USC has the ability to turn the ball over on you and score on yeah. you, you know, with their defense. I, mm-hmm. I think that's how good that be. I don't think that they're a tier one defense in college football, but I think they're probably a tier two. You know, I I think they're right there. Talent wise, they could be a tier one. It just depends on the coaching of that defense. Right. And I mean, looking in the conference, um, Washington's, uh, I think, has the best defense. Um, You can make a case for, um, you know, on paper, Oregon um, and then Utah and then USC. I think those are kind of your top four defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
I think I've talked myself into, uh, I'll take USC. Um, next one up is a really interesting one for a lot of reasons. The, 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 the friggin' pot plot just keeps thickening on this game yeah. and that's Oregon state headed to Purdue. Oregon state's a seven point dog. Uh, just looking at Purdue last year, um, they're one of the bottom dwellers in the, in the big 10. They were two and four last year. However, they did beat, um, Iowa. And um, looking at who they're bringing back, their guys are black are back. Uh, so you know that that bodes well. Um, Oregon State, though, you know, even being two and five last year, they had a shot to beat Washington. They yeah. were they're one of those teams that are so frustrating because you know they almost beat Washington, they beat Oregon, mm-hmm. and then they're from starting whistle to end whistle. Washington State just beat them. Yeah. So, and then their starting quarterback, Tristan Jebbia, was just beat out by, uh, and where's his name here on my list? Sam Neuer. Yeah. So uh, we have a new, it's it's a quarterback competition where the incumbent lost. So um, who knows? Who knows? I, I thought that Oregon State was going to be able to rely on that run game because they still, even with, um, their, you know, their, their big guy, Jamar Jefferson moving on, they still had some guys in that stable, but, yeah. you know, Jebby, I thought came into his own last year and, and now, you know, he's been beat out. So I have no idea what to expect from the Beavers, except for hopefully they beat the Ducks. It's, it's tough to have the starting job and lose it. Uh, which either means that Jebbia really dropped the ball in the off season and didn't do his workouts and team right. activities and, or it means that Neuer flat out balled out and right. he's as good as advertised and maybe even better, you know, which, you know, we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to pick Ohio State, or uh, sorry, Ohio State, Oregon State to cover. I am too. I freaking love I, the Beavers. I think they have the ability to score in bunches. You know, I do too. I, do. I, I Regardless who's throwing the ball, they still they they're a very efficient running team. Their their defense is good enough. Yeah. Oh, they have two great linebackers. You know, I it, yeah. it's not you know it's not anything spectacular, but I mean it's a tier two or tier three pack twelve defense. I mean, it, it, you're kind of looking at like you know Cal's defense is always pretty good because of Jonathan Wilcox, right. and then you know Jonathan Smith, offensive coordinator, he's going to a little bit more towards the off offensive side you know and so right. you know i think i think oregon state can score man I, I i really do i think they're gonna i think they're gonna run on purdue yeah you know what i love the beeves i'm heading there too uh i don't know if there's a schedule a game on the on the week one schedule that i care more about than the lsu headed to ucla because if lsu if ucla finds a way to beat lsu who's ranked 16th in the nation coming in they're a three and a half point favorite. If UCLA can figure out a way to beat one of the top teams in the SEC, that makes the new commissioner, uh, that makes his job easier as the projection of the, the, um, the conference skyrockets. But man, is that a tall order? Because uh, I, I don't know if UCLA hasn't played a big game like this in forever. 
So, uh, Jake, what, what do you see in this game? How do you see it going? You know, first of all, I, I just want to talk about the spread. Uh, three and a half. To me, that seems kind of hokey. I, I don't know if you've thought about that at all. Uh, SEC has been boasted up for the last, what, 10 years, right, Trev? At least. You know, the SEC is this dominant force, and LSU is – two years off of a national championship. Yeah, they struggled last year. I get it, but it's still LSU and they're still pulling the prime of the prime. Right. Yeah, they're always a top five recruiting class. Right. They're ranked 16th in the nation. USC, UCLA is not ranked. They're coming cross country to UCLA and they're only three and a half point favorites. To me, that seems kind of like a cop-out. You know, like it, it, it's, it's Vegas telling me like the SEC – if they go and they barely win, it's because they had to travel across the country. And you yeah, know, they're like probably giving up. I bet you it's a six point uh, home, uh, yeah, six points sure, to home. So sure. it would this be is, more closer to a 10 point fight. Yeah. yeah. But that spread just doesn't impress me, you know, because then if, if you, LSU comes out and just land base UCLA, then yeah, go, the narrative is set. You know, it's, you know, they're so great. Right. But if UCLA comes out and wins, well, they were only three and a half point dogs, you right. know, and it, I just, the spread just doesn't impress me. I, it, if, if it were me and I was a, a, a game picker, I'd pick it. I'd put it at 10. Yeah, I would if too. The SEC is really as good as everybody says they are, right. you know, mm -hmm. um, with that being said, uh, LSU is going to cover. I, yeah, I agree. I, I am going to root like hell that I'm wrong. Yeah, but, no, for sure. Uh, I, I 100% will always root for the Pac-12. Right. Well, unless it's Oregon. Hey. Next week, I will not. <laughs> That's right. Um, next up, 7.30, Nevada heading to Cal. And uh, Cal's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I got to tell you, Nevada is full of Northwest kids. Um, I, I don't know enough about Nevada to, to – it, it makes me raise my eyebrows, but I mean, if you look at Cal, you know, they were, they won one game last year. It happened to be against Oregon. Um, so there, there is that they only played four games. We don't really know. Um, Chase Garbers was not good. Uh, but in the past, he's shown that he's a, he's a capable pac 12 caliber caliber starting quarterback. So um, I think this is kind of low. I think this again is maybe a shot, at uh, the Pac-12 a little bit because I think that Justin Wilcox is a fantastic coach, um, but his teams often don't score a ton of points. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think I think Chase Garbers is better than what he played last year. I, I, I truly do. I agree. I think, totally agree. I don't think we're going we're gonna to keep hitting this tier thing here. He is not a tier one uh, Pac-12 quarterback. No, but I would give him a serviceable quarterback that has the ability to put a team on his shoulders if he has to. Yeah. Um, against Nevada, he's not going to have to. Uh, I think I think that they're going to control the clock and control the game speed, and that defense is going to. I mean, you've seen what that Cal defense has done to Washington's offense. Mm -hmm. You know, when when we had pretty decent offenses, they they that defense controls the the speed of the game so much better than any Pac-12 team does and has 
Yeah. And that's, that's good coaching. And, and Cal will continue to do that. And they're going to beat the pants off of Nevada's offense. I totally agree. I think that, I, I mean, you could put this up to 10 and I'm still taking Cal. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, man, Arizona's just fallen on really hard times. <laughs> they got a new coach, which uh, was, was long overdue. Um, Come on, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, God. I, Bring back Sumlin. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, I bought um, some mead from a Arizona fan. And mead? Yeah, it was very good. You bought some mead? I did. It was, it was like honey-based. Ooh, so good. Next, um, you're buying maize. <laughs> that's corn <laughs> um what's that if you're buying mead you're only one step away from buying maize uh, <laughs> <be> <laughs> um anyhow he was a big arizona guy and he said that uh every booster would have uh taken their season tickets back if someone wasn't fired after the embarrassment of that uh, you know, 73 to seven or whatever it was, uh, uh, score against Arizona state. So, uh, obviously fish is now in there. It's going to take them a while to kind of right the wrongs of the last administration, but, uh, they got BYU coming to town and Hey, looks like BYU actually has a chance to beat somebody in the pac 12. So, uh, that's, that's a, uh, that's a rarity for them, even when their quarterback's going in the top two. So uh, any place, any time, I guess, just means Arizona. So uh, they're 11 and a half point dogs to the Cougars of BYU. You are just throwing shots at BYU right now, dude. <laughs> any place, any time means Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take the, the 12th of the 12th and that we'll play them anywhere. So, uh, hey, but they're 11 and a half point favorites against the Wildcats. Uh, I hate BYU so much. Um, I still think that even with Arizona being down on the directs, they can still contend uh, with a fake tough guy football team. You really hate BYU. I do. Uh, I really do. I, I think it, I think it, you probably didn't like them before, but you know, it it's easier to hate them now that they got puka and that doesn't help you know any place anywhere anytime the 80 you know the 84 national championship where they played nobody last year they were you know in the national title conversation without playing anybody they just bother me sure no i get it i mean i the only thing dumber you could post is we want bama like (laughs) no no you don't (laughs) I Everybody know. wants Bama until Bama shows up and they're looking up at Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, you don't. You, nope. you, you could say that all you want, but you're going to get absolutely roasted by the 10th team in the nation. And uh, unranked BYU this year is going to get roasted by even more teams. I, they're going to beat Arizona, but that's not an impressive win. Yeah, Arizona's going to really struggle to, to get a win this year, but mm-hmm. this is where they – well, I don't know if they get their win, but they're going to lose by less than 11.5 points. Yeah, I, I'm – So I'll I'm, take Arizona's points on that one. Uh, yeah, I will too. Oh, welcome to the dark side. Uh, I mean, you're not the only person that despises BYU. Hey! You know, Apparently, they took a national championship from us. Exactly. Um, next up, this is a team where you probably know more about their basketball team than their football team. 
<laughs> and it all stems from Puka Nakua. Yeah, absolutely it does. He took so long to commit to Washington that we got a whole spec. What was the coach's name there? Oh, you don't remember now. I don't know. It was a really the good story. The only thing story. I remember was Puka Nakua got caught in a snowstorm. Uh-huh. Yeah, just... so we, we got a whole special on Utah State basketball. Utah State yeah. football, on the other hand, um, I, I don't remember his name, but they, they had the Oregon State's coach. He came to Oregon State and was just terrible. Went back to o- Utah State. Was it Riley? No, it was the one after him. Anyhow, he got fired, and uh, I don't know where they're where they're at right now. They're sixteen and a half point dogs to Wazoo, but man, everything that's going on with Wazoo, there is a lot of storylines that have nothing to do with football down there with Nick Rolovich, and uh, things just got crazier. We're recording right now, Wednesday night. Today, there was a lawsuit that just came out again oh, from one of his former players about some. Uh, unfairness uh i don't i don't know if there's merit to any of it it's a lawsuit we don't we don't know all we know is that uh that's taking time away from football and so i have no idea what to expect from this wazoo team who could be pretty good um but there could be some outside noise that gets in the way of of what the Cougs want to do this year rolovich is an interesting topic to me because you never thought that there was going to be more to talk about a head football coach than Mike Leach. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like they kind of, they kind of hired Mike Leach 2.0. Like if, if there was ever a perfect takeover for Mike Leach, it's Rolovich. Uh, He doesn't have the, the awesome communication skills that Mike Leach has um, or the awesome water drinking ability that Mike Leach has or banana eating. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh that's my game i got that game on uh Potassium. but uh he can't seem to get out of his own way and it's i don't think you know a lot of people say any pr is good pr i don't think that's the case with college coaches yeah i would agree um because you're dealing with 18 year olds yeah you know you can't keep and, them off twitter you're not only dealing with 18 year olds but you're dealing with 18 year old uh their their mothers yeah. that are seeing you in the spotlight with really bad allegations against you right towards somebody's son and and moms don't love that turns out turns out um so i don't think that's going to be good for for the wazoo program in the future as of right now i think they're fine they already have their players they already have their system their schemes right. they'll have max borgie yeah um, and I think they're just going to, they're going to put 21 other players on Max Borgie's back and they're going to go with him and he's going to lead them over, a, a you know, a big win over Utah state. I think, yeah, gonna- I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to go with you on this and go to WSU also. Um, so we come to the last one. Uh, we got 5 PM kickoff at Husky stadium. Uh, Washington is hosting the uh, Montana Grizzlies. The last time ha- the the Montana Grizzlies have beat University of Washington. I just learned this today in 1926 when we were the Rain Dodgers and we had that guy like this looking at the umbrella and they they beat us by four points. Since then, there's been a tie. So Forty nothing. I think it was 1814. Pretty impressive. That's a high, that's a barn burner in that time. Yeah. Yeah. No defensive was played that day. Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, other than that, obviously Washington will win this game. Um, Montana's a top 10 team in the FCS. They're going to, they're, they're going to compete good. for their, their good. divisions, the best in the FCS, in my opinion, that holds almost no water. Um, because I don't know a ton about the FCS, but I do know that Eastern Washington is there, Montana, Weber State. Those are all some pretty good teams. Um, Montana State. Right. So, like, even with that, I'm not worried about this game. I think Washington rolls. I think you're going to see – you're not going to see a ton of new wrinkles, but you're going to see how good this defense is when they push around the offensive line, and you're going to get to watch that offensive line absolutely dominate, and that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. So what's, what's your point spread? I don't I'm I don't think it's going to be as high as other other games to be honest because yeah. we've seen a Jimmy Lake and a Chris Peterson type of of game where they kind of just run the ball a ton and they don't yeah. they don't run the score up on Montana because mm-hmm. they don't really care. They don't right. care about the 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 projections that beating Montana by 60 is going to do for them. <laughs> Right. They care about the future of this program and they care about getting these kids playing time. And right. (laughs) The spread would have to be like 21. Okay. Yeah. I was going to go 27. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to go out there and they're going to beat Montana by 50. They're just going to, they're going to, they're going to field control and score when they have the ability and, and time management and, you know, and then just play good, solid defense. That's what Washington does. And, and uh, I mean, I I just think it's going to be kind of a boring game. I think you're going to see Montana get some late scores. You know, they might have seven coming into the fourth quarter. They might score 13 in the fourth by, by itself. Right. Just tends to be a trend with Washington football teams facing these kind of schools. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go 27, uh, we're going to see how it goes. We're, we're confident Washington's going to come out with the W pretty easily. And then, of course, big week two, we're going to start to preview the Michigan game. Yeah. So, um, you know, let us know what you think about our picks. You can pick against us. You can do whatever you want in the comments. Um, like our stuff. Uh, go ahead and give us those five stars on um, Apple Podcasts. And uh, that'll do it for Jake and Trevor. Go dogs. Go dogs.